everyone and welcome back to today's episode on Movius Ministries podcast. This is your friend Josiah. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you'd like to know the song that's playing right now, it's called Power to Believe Instrumental by The Dream Academy. This is season 20, episode 204 here on Movius Ministries. I, with the help of the Holy Spirit, thank God, do my best to interpret scripture, help you grow in your intimacy with the Lord, and to encourage you to remain steadfast through tough seasons as we also continue to be prepared for the second coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you are new to my podcast or have been listening for quite some time now, welcome. I am so glad that you are here. Uh, over a year ago, God told me to start this podcast and start using uh, start using the teaching gift that he has given me. I just pray that God's will would be evidence in your life as we go through today's episode. If you're a Spotify listener as well, there's a question posted below that you can answer. Um, I do have questions that I am going to be asking at the end of each part today. And so, yes, we will be doing a part one, part two on Second Peter 2. Just because with these studies we've been getting a little bit deeper and I've been sharing some more thoughts based on what we're reading that week. And uh, yeah, the verse of the day is going to be John 16, 33 on Mobius Ministries. And out of the wonderful NIV translation, it reads, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. We have to realize that the confidence Jesus has in the disciples that he's speaking to in this moment, he has the same confidence in us trusting in that today. The people who were going to hear that after he said those words, people like us and people that were born 100 years ago and 200 and 300 and 3,000 and blah, blah, blah. Um, there's one more thought I wanted to share on that. Can't remember. Anyway, okay. Uh, let's open in prayer, everyone. Father, we thank you so much for your Son, who sets us free. Father, I pray that we would just cushion ourselves with you. Lord, I pray for all of our hearts and our minds tonight based on what we're going to read and that they'd be ready to receive the right things at the right time. I pray for whatever season my listener is going through and Lord, that you just align them to your will. You would encourage them, Lord. Convict us, Lord. Let your word go forth in power. Thank you that 
that there's no lies that come out of your mouth, Lord, that we can trust in everything that you say. Father, I pray for peace that only comes from you, the peace that surpasses all understanding would just guard this person's heart. I pray for those that are not grafted in Christ and you would do that today, Father. You would let that happen by your Holy Spirit. I pray that you would break off the lies of the enemy that people are believing and they would believe in your truth about them. I pray for endurance and perseverance. Sorry about that. I forgot to put my, <laughs> my MacBook on. Do not disturb. Okay. Father, I thank you so much for today and the breath in our lungs. This is the day that you have made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. In Jesus' name, amen. So you guys know I, I've been playing some older songs that I've played in the past, and this is a song that I literally, so whenever I make breakfast in the morning, I like to listen to this kind of music. And this song came on, it's called Open Heaven at Bethel by William Augusto, and it's his Soaking in His Presence album. I was like, oh my gosh, I have not listened to this song in so long. It's so good. So um, we're going to be playing that today. I'm going to have it on repeat. So I just put it on repeat on my, on my MacBook. Okay. Um, if you, yeah, like I said, if, if you're a Spotify listener, you can answer the question below. But at the end of part one, I will be asking that question. You can answer it if you'd like. Um, I, I will pin it if you don't want me to pin it then you can um, email me at josiahmovius12 at yahoo.com. That's J-O-S-I-A-H-M-O-V-I-U-S-12 at yahoo.com. Um, and if you have any questions or concerns about today's episode or a previous episode you've listened to, or even just any questions, anything, anything you'd like help with at all, you can email me. And I'd be more than glad to help you with anything. And today, beloved, we're going to be reading out of the ESV. Now, the one thing I liked about how the NIV, the NIV um, translates the title of 2 Peter 2 as false teachers and their destruction. I do have a water here as well, so thank you very much. Um, what was I going to say here? Um, the title of what the NIV, the, the way the NIV says the title is um, false teachers and, and their destruction, but we're going to be re reading out of the ESV. Um, the ESV translates the title of Second Peter two: false prophets and teachers. And I've I've read over this chapter a few times ever since I prepared this just a few days ago, and um, it's pretty heavy. So if you want, take notes down. We are going to be getting into some Greek today, and we're going to look at definitions. We're going to look at um, just questions. We're going to look deep into verses. So take notes if you want. And uh, just let the Holy Spirit lead you. Last week, if you were here, we did chapter one of Peter or Petros in the Greek uh, of his of his. Uh... Oh, hang on a sec. We did Peter's uh, first chapter, what we read today in chapter one for Peter's second letter that he wrote. At the end of chapter one, though, what we read last week. Peter was talking about how he saw Jesus and that he was going that that Peter was going to die soon because Jesus told him so. 
So then Peter wanted to get the best kind of wisdom to the churches so that they could be more equipped and remember previously what the Holy Spirit spoke through him, meaning Peter. I say this to to help us understand some more context here. So verse 1, But false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying... So, hang on, because I didn't read that right. I'm sorry. Who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who has brought them, bringing bringing upon themselves swift destruction. Now, that's verse 1. We're going to get into verse 2 in a second, but there's just one one thought that just came to my mind. Where he says, he says that these people are going to be false prophets and false teachers. In the Greek there, you'll, you'll, you'll see tr- some translations just say false prophets. You'll see some translations say just false teachers. Most of them say false prophets based on my experience, um, but in, in the Greek, it means prophets and teachers. So... Either translation is fine. You just have to look at it in the original language. But Peter says that there will be false teachers among you. But he even says denying the master who's brought them. Now, the thought that came to my mind, beloved, was like, is God bringing false teachers into the church? And you know what? I remember, like, I did a message here on my podcast a little while ago about comparing, um, I just hit my mic. I'm sorry. You know what? I have a time limit on um, certain apps that I can use, and it just it just it just blocked out all my notes. So um, I'm so sorry. Okay, I just I just got it back. Okay, awesome. <laughs> I was gonna, I need my notes. Okay, so I did a message here on my podcast a little while ago. I'll explain why I'm getting into this in a second. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Here it is. Connecting Matthew 13, 24 through 30, and 36 through 52 with the whole book of Galatians. And right there in Matthew 13, Jesus talks about weeds and wheat. You can also see uh, weeds translates into tares as well. And so when you read that chapter in Matthew 13, I think it's I think it was Matthew 13. Is that what it was? Crap, where did it go? I just lost it. Okay, I think it was Matthew 13. In the context of that, it seems like... It seems like... Well, actually, no. Actually, because in the parable... Jesus uses the feet, this, this, this analogy of the field, and the field represents the world, and it's saying that there's weeds and wheat in the world. So, no, I'd, if Jesus' parable was there are, Jesus, Jesus calls them children of the enemy and children of the Son of God, but he's representing in the world it's two different things. Peter's talking about here in the church. Jesus is talking about here in the world. So it's two different things. So no, I, I, I don't think. But at the same time, it says right here that, that, that even denying the master who has brought them, which is interesting. Like it makes me think like God's putting false teachers in the church. I, I don't, I, that's just a thought that came to my mind, but 
Let's move on. Verse 2. And many will follow their sensuality. Remember that word sensuality. We're going to come back to that. And because of them, the way of truth will be blasphemed. And in their greed, they will exploit you with false words. Their condemnation from long ago is not idle. And their destruction is not asleep. Now, these are some pretty hard words to hear. But it's the truth. Some of it can be sad too, as well, because of some of the people's fate that we see Peter talk about. At the beginning of verse 1, Peter says, The people. Who is it Peter is talking about? To understand this, again, let's look at context. We can find it uh, somewhere in chapter 1. In verses 16 through 21 in chapter 1, Peter was talking about those people who were eyewitnesses of Jesus, who who were people that saw Jesus, who were people that saw Jesus, Jesus with their own eyes, who saw Jesus in the flesh. We can say the disciples of Jesus because uh, people People who, people who were just ordinary people doing everyday mundane things. Um, so it wasn't just the apostles, but it was people like you and me and then the apostles in, in that day and age. And last but not least, because I think the people Peter is talking about are the Pharisees, scribes, and Sadducees of the Mosaic Law. Peter says these people will be among you. Now, among in the Greek can translate into in, by, and with really interesting um this word is used as a uh proposition which is similar to a noun okay and then um verse uh okay so where it says who will secretly bring in destructive heresies even denying the master who has brought them that word secretly is the word pyrisago pyrisago This word is used as a verb, and it means to introduce or bring in secretly or craftedly. Think about that. Beloved, there is a difference between doing something secretly and craftedly. Craftedly is like, I'm going to do it secretly, but I'm going to do it in a way of just maybe a little bit of manipulation. I'm going to control them because because they don't want to turn away from the things that they're teaching, which is false. And if you'd like to know how to spell this Greek word, if you are taking notes, it's P-A-R-E-I-S-A-G-O. P-A-R-E-I-S-A-G-O. Now, sometime in the future, Lord willing, my friend Brandon and I want to get together and share a long, deep sermon about the importance of our speech as Christians. But behind the scenes, I have been wanting to talk about a message concerning manipulation and gaslighting. Now, the reason I bring that topic up uh, about wanting to talk about that sinful nature of manipulation is because when I look at the definition of secretly, it seems that it seems the evil vile and heinous spirit of manipulation which is which is which is of the devil can come from this definition that we read of secretly to secretly do things of evil to craft something in a way that will not lead that evil person to any humility now pay attention to this next part i'm going to say this is very important beloved when i looked at the greek when I, when I looked up the Greek definition on Blue, Blue Letter Bible of uh, heresies, it backed up my definition of 
who some of these people might be as we talked about at the beginning, if you remember. And then, uh, so the Greek word for the word um, uh, heresies is the word hyresis. This word is used as a feminine noun, and it means a body of men following their own tenets, sect, or party of the Sadducees, of the Pharisees, and of the Christians. Dissensions arising from diversity of options and aims. So, okay, let's stop right there. Just I'm gonna I want I want I want I want to remain humble because I because when I. When I came up with that thought of who are some of these people and some of those people that I described earlier earlier on, which are the, the, the Sadducees, Pharisees. So when I came across this note, I was like, oh my gosh, I know I'm hearing from the Holy Spirit now. So I, I hope that makes sense what I'm trying to explain. Um, so if you'd like to know how to spell this Greek word, it's spelled H A I R. E-S-I-S. H-A-I-R-E-S-I-S. Um, here are some more insights that I got from, from BlueLetterBible.com Blue by the great teacher David Guzik. Some of you may know that I use some of his study notes to see other insights of, of scriptures. Paul says that the arm cannot say to the leg, I have no need of you. Um, the part in the verse where it says, Who will secretly bring in destructive heresies? False teachers... They work secretly, beloved. It isn't that their teaching is secret, but the deceptive nature of their teaching is hidden. Gosh, that's so good. No false teacher ever announces himself as a false teacher. And then the, uh, the, the part in the verse where it says destructive heresies, uh, false teachers bring in destructive heresies that destroy by telling lies about Jesus Christ and his work for us uh, and in us, by these heresies, uh, people are hurt and destroyed. Heresy is harmless. Um, and then the part of the verse where it says, even denying the Lord who brought them. False teachers deny the Lord who brought them. And I've said that here on my, on my podcast, that, that the Lord's brought me here. He has given me this podcast. Um, you know, I state that uh, every time I at the beginning it's something recently I've been doing is the Lord told me to start this podcast he brought me here uh, in this Peter says that Peter says 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 at the very least they appear to be saved otherwise Peter would never say that the Lord brought them okay I'm sorry because that right there kind of answers a little bit of my question based on what we said earlier. So I kind of hope you understand kind of what I'm thinking about now. In this, Peter says that at the very least they appear to be saved. Otherwise, Peter would never say that the Lord Hmm. That's interesting. Okay. At the same time, they are false destructive teachers. Even a person who 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 has what appears to be a godly walk in relationship with Jesus Christ can still be in destructive heresies. Now, I'm reading that from, that's still from David Guzik. I've seen this. I have seen this in the church and it really breaks my heart. I don't want to say it negatively or, you know, I'm better than them because 
I'm no good by myself. I'm, I'm only good by what Jesus does in my life. Um, oftentimes, good men who teach lies do the worst damage. I, gosh, I, I gotta agree with that. Their lies are accepted far more easily because of the good character of these men. And this is really, it's almost like the sheep, um, it's almost like it connects with the, and I'm keeping this in context, like Jesus says in Matthew 7, these false teachers, they're outwardly, they look like innocent, but inwardly they're like wolves. So yeah, outwardly they can look like they're doing a lot of good things in the Christian walk. They have discipline, but inwardly they, they tell people lies. So it makes sense. Uh, now, sensualities, uh, let, 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 let's, let's go back to that word where it says, and many will follow their sensuality and because of them, the way of truth will be uh, blasphemed. Now, sensualities can translate into the ways of the flesh, uh, which is unbridled lust, wantonness, uh, insolence, shamelessness, and others. Now, I love verse 3. I think it can show these false teachers and prophets can have a spirit of manipulation. They want to control things to where Paul says in Galatians 5, to gratify the desires or the lusts of the flesh. These teachers do not want to repent. They do not want to walk in the Spirit. They don't want to be led by the Holy Spirit, which again, in the Greek, means to be uh, led by the Holy Spirit uh, as you seek him. At the end of verse 3, where it says, is not asleep, it means that uh, their destruction is on its way. Verse 4, for if God did not spare the angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell, remember that word hell, we're going to come back to that, and committed them to chains, remember that word as well, chains, of gloomy darkness to be kept until judgment, if he did not spare the ancient world, but preserved Noah, a herald of righteousness with seven others when he brought a flood upon the world of the ungodly. If by turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to ashes, he condemned them to extinction, making them an example of what is going to happen to the ungodly. And if he rescued a uh, righteous lot, he's saying righteous, he's saying lot is righteous. He's, he's, he's pretty much signifying the character of lot right there. Greatly distressed by the sensual conduct of the wicked. Meaning Lot was greatly distressed by what was going on. For as that righteous man lived among them day after day, he was tormenting his righteous soul over the lawless deeds that he saw and heard. Then the Lord knows how to rescue godly from trials. Remember that word trials. We're going to come back to that. And to keep the unrighteous under punishment until the day of judgment. And especially those who indulge in the lust of uh, defiling passion and despise authority. Now, there is a footnote on my on-hand Bible. I'm going to read that real quick. Oh, I think it's for verse 10. Okay, so, okay. Verse 10, and especially those who in, now to understand some context here for verse 10, it's talking about those who are the false teachers that are just continuing to live in sin and have no repentance. And especially those 
who indulge in the corrupt passions in the sin nature and despise authority. So those is where the footnote is. And the footnote is in the descriptions that follow, Peter may specifically have in mind the false teachers of whom he spoke in verses 1 through 3. So again, it just goes right back to context. Uh, Lots of stuff to break down here, so let's go verse by verse, beloved. Verses 1 through through 3, Peter, again, Petros in the Greek, explains who is among, which again translates into in, by, or with them. The church Peter uh, is writing to. Verses 4 through 10, what, which is what we just read, explains where every everyone is headed, the unrighteous and the righteous. Peter talked about the angels, he talked about Lot, so he looked at both spectrums. Regarding the righteous and the unrighteous, I just read my notes again. Peter says in these verses what happens with the unrighteous and the righteous, and Peter even talks about the angels. So, now there, so basically, the unrighteous are the people that are listed in Sodom and Gomorrah, the ones who were uh, going after sexual sexual immorality, uh, lesbianism. Um, so that's one part of the unrighteousness, and then he uses unrighteousness in another category of the angels, the angels that, 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 that were taken away with Satan when Satan took a third of the angels with him. And then uh, the righteous, he explains, with Lot. Now, there are five footnotes for verses 4 through 10, so we're going to dive into that. Um, hell, the Greek word is very hard to pronounce, but here's the definition. The name of the subterranean region, doleful and dark, regarded by the ancient Greeks as the abode of the wicked dead, where they suffer punishment for their evil deeds. It answers to uh, Gehenna of the Jews. And it also means to thrust down to Tartarus, to hold captive in Tartarus. This Greek word is uh, actually used as a verb for hell. And uh, it's it's spelled T-A-R, T-A-R, O O. So it's actually it's T I R T A R twice. I wasn't spelling. <laughs> oh my god! I didn't know how to. I didn't know how to say that. It's spelled T A R, and then again T A R, O O. And then where it says chains for the people who are waiting for judgment, where it says and committed them to chains, uh, some manuscripts actually say pits, which is really interesting. Um, And then where it says ungodly, some manuscripts say an example to those who were to be ungodly. Uh, Trials can also translate into temptations and indulge in the Greek. This means who go after the flesh or to lead or order one's life. That last definition right there. Or to lead or order one's life. I think that shows that our life is to not be in our control, but we're to seek the will of God. And a lot of people, I know I've, sometimes I've, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to get a little bit vulnerable right now. I I know for me, sometimes I've been scared about like, God, are you going to show me your will? And if seeking God's will didn't matter, then... I don't see why God wouldn't show us his will if we're seeking it. I'm not sure if that makes sense, but... Okay, 
Okay, and then um, the part in verse... Okay, where it says, And especially those who indulge in the lust of defiling passion and despise authority. The Greek word for the word despise is katathraneo. Katathraneo. When you see this word being used as a verb and not a noun, that might open up your eyes a little bit. I know it did for me. And the definition for this word in the Greek is to treat or regard as contempt, to despise, to disdain, or to think little or nothing of. Now, that last definition again, to think little or nothing of. It's even like when you, when you, when you, when you just think about someone thinking about it even a little bit and they still don't do it. It's like, and it breaks my heart that they don't want to follow the way of truth. Let me, let's go back to this verse. It's fine to stay. Hmm. Um, I have a d the definition for disdain, but I can't find that word in verses 4 through 10. So I'm sorry, I'm trying to find it real quick. Usually I underline the words that I'm going to get into. I, I don't think I did for this one. I can't find it. Okay, we'll move on from that. Um, Where is disdain? Maybe it's, hang on, I'm gonna look in my on-hand Bible. I can't find it, I'm sorry guys. Okay, let's move on. Let's find where I, let's find where I was last. Now I can't find my spot. Okay. Um, oh, here it is. Okay. Well, okay. Maybe I maybe maybe I did come across the word dis disdain. Um, if I did, I'm just going to give the definition. Um, it's it's uh, the feeling of something or someone is unworthy of one's consideration or respect. And uh, if you would like to know how to spell this Greek word, it's K-A-T-A-P-H-R-O-N-E-O. K-A-T-A-P-H-R-O-N-E-O. Now, lastly, for verse 10, authority at the end where it says, and especially those who indulge in the lust of defiling passion and despise authority. Wait a second. Is disdain the word for it or? No, that's not it. Okay. Um... Okay, so verse 10, uh, where it says where they despise authority, 
Um, that Greek uh, can translate into Christ himself. Which is like, it's not only that you may be denying the teacher, but you're denying Christ. And um, I think Jesus says, if you are not for me, you if you are against me, you are my enemy. Which is, it's a heartbreaking thing, but... These next few verses, 10 through 16, are pretty dramatic. Peter's going to say some really scary stuff. This is going to be the end of our part one, and then we'll get into our part two. Bold and willful, they will not tremble as they blaspheme the glorious ones. Now, who are the glorious ones? I think it's us, those who are grafted in Christ and have repented from their sins. Verse 11, "11, whereas angels through greater in might and power, do not pronounce a blasphemous judgment against them before the Lord. But these, like irrational animals, creatures of instinct, born to be caught and destroyed, blaspheming about the matters which they are, blaspheming about matters of which they are ignorant, will also be destroyed in their destruction, suffering wrong as the wage of their wrongdoing. They count it pleasure to revel in in the daytime. Remember that word rebel. We're going to come back to that. They are blots and blemishes, reveling in their deceptions uh, while they feast with you. So he's pretty much just going a little bit deeper into the path that these false teachers and prophets are going down towards. And it's very, it's, uh, it's very sad. Uh, and so that's the end of our part one. The question I have for you at the end of part one is, have you ever uh, have you ever believed or thought of or maybe speculated to be in the presence of a false teacher? Or do you look back now and think some to be so? Let's uh, close in prayer and then we'll dive into our part two. Father, I thank you so much for being here with us and looking at your wonderful word. Father, I just pray that you would help your sons and daughters stand confident in Christ, knowing their place in him. Father, help us to carefully weigh and examine all that we hear when we go to church, we have a conversation with someone. Give us the strength to lead people into more truth when we're in difficult situations to correct people on certain things. Give us a a heart of kindness, a heart of compassion, and a heart of love in the midst of those moments when uh, we feel led to uh, correct someone on a certain something. I thank you for leading us in this part one of what you said through the Apostle Peter. And we pray that these words would just uh, be enriched in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, everyone, I will see you in part two on 2 Peter chapter 2.